Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, May 10th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu discussion questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the Guidelines for Leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bahar, and it means on the mount, and the Kukotoy, and it means in my statutes. Leviticus 26, 14-24 But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, if you reject my laws and spurn my rules, so that you do not observe all my commandments and you break my covenant, I in turn will do this to you. I will wreak misery upon you, consumption and fever, which cause the eyes to pine and the body to languish. You shall sow your seed to no purpose, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you. You shall be routed by your enemies, and your foes shall dominate you. You shall flee, though none pursues. And if, for all that, you do not obey me, I will go on to discipline you sevenfold for your sins. And I will break your proud glory. I will make your skies like iron and your earth like copper, so that your strength shall be spent to no purpose. Your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. 
And if you remain hostile toward me and refuse to obey me, I will go on smiting you sevenfold for your sins. I will loose wild beasts against you, and they shall bereave you of your children, and wipe out your cattle. They shall decimate you, and your roads shall be deserted. And if these things fail to discipline you for me, and you remain hostile to me, I too will remain hostile to you. I in turn will smite you sevenfold for your sins. I will bring a sword against you to wreak vengeance for the covenant. And if you withdraw into your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into enemy hands. 1 Samuel 8, 1-9-27 When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and his second son's name was Aviah. They sat as judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not follow in his ways. They were bent on gain, they accepted bribes, and they subverted justice. All the elders of Israel assembled and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, You have grown old, and your sons have not followed your ways. Therefore appoint a king for us to govern us like all other nations. Samuel was displeased that they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to Hashem. And Hashem replied to Samuel, Heed the demand of the people in everything they say to you, for it is not you that they have rejected. It is me they have rejected as their king. Like everything else they have done ever since I brought them out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and worshiping other gods, so they are doing to you. Heed their demand, but warn them solemnly and tell them about the practices of any king who will rule over them. Samuel reported all the words of Hashem to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This will be the practice of the king who will rule over you. He will take your sons and appoint them as his charioteers and horsemen, and they will serve as outrunners for his chariots. He will appoint them as his chiefs of thousands and of fifties, or they will have to plow his fields, rape his harvest, and make his weapons and the equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters as perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will seize your choice fields, vineyards, and olive groves and give them to his courtiers. He will take a tenth part of your grain and vintage and give it to his eunuchs and courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves, your choice young men and your donkeys, and put them to work for him. He will take a tenth part of your flocks, and you shall become his slaves. The day will come when you cry out because of the king whom you yourselves have chosen, and Hashem will not answer you on that day. But the people would not listen to Samuel's warning. No, they said, we must have a king over us, that we may be like all the other nations. Let our king rule over us and go out at our head and fight our battles. 
Then Samuel heard all that the people said, and then he reported it to Hashem. And Hashem said to Samuel, Heed their demands and appoint a king for them. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, All of you, go home. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, of Zeror, son of Bekorath, son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a man of substance. He had a son whose name was Saul, an excellent young man. No one among the Israelites was handsomer than he. He was a head taller than any of the people. Once the donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, went astray, and Kish said to his son Saul, Take along one of the servants and go out and look for the donkeys. He passed into the hill country of Ephraim. He crossed the district of Shalishah, but they did not find them. They passed through the district of Shalim, but they were not there. They traversed the entire territory of Benjamin, and still they did not find them. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Let us turn back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and begin to worry about us. But he replied, There is a man of Hashem in that town, and the man is highly esteemed. Everything that he says comes true. Let us go there. Perhaps he will tell us about the errand on which we set out. But if we go, Saul said to his servant, What can we bring the man? For the food in our bags is all gone, and there is nothing we can bring to the man of Hashem as a present. What have we got? The servant answered Saul again, I happen to have a quarter shekel of silver. I can give that to the man of Hashem, and he will tell us about our errand. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of Hashem, he would say, Come, let us go to the seer. For the Navi of today was formerly called a seer. Saul said to his servant, A good idea, let us go. And they went to the town where the man of Hashem lived. As they were climbing the ascent to the town, they met some girls coming out to draw water, and they asked them, Is the seer in town? Yes, they replied, he is up there ahead of you. Hurry, for he has just come to the town because the people have a sacrifice at the shrine today. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the shrine to eat. The people will not eat until he comes, for he must first bless the sacrifice, and only then will the guests eat. Go up at once, for you will find him right away. So they went up to the town, and as they were entering the town, Samuel came out toward them on his way up to the shrine. Now the day before Saul came, Hashem had revealed the following to Samuel. At this time tomorrow, I will send a man to you from the territory of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him ruler of my people Israel. He will deliver my people from the hands of the Philistines, for I have taken note of my people. Their outcry has come to me. As soon as Samuel saw Saul, Hashem declared to him, This is the man that I told you would govern my people. Saul approached Samuel inside the gate and said to him, Tell me, please, where is the house of the seer? And Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up ahead of me to the shrine, for you shall eat with me today, and in the morning I will let you go, after telling you whatever may be on your mind. As for your donkeys that strayed three days ago, do not concern yourself about them, for they have been found. 
And for whom is all Israel yearning, if not for you and all your ancestral house? Saul replied, But I am only a Benjamite from the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my clan is the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. Why do you say such things to me? Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of the guests who numbered about thirty. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you and told you to set aside. The cook lifted up the thigh and what, what was on it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, What has been reserved is set before you. Eat. It has been kept for you for this occasion when I said I was inviting the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. They then descended from the shrine to the town, and Samuel talked with Saul on the roof. Early at the break of day, Samuel called to Saul on the roof. He said, Get up, and I will send you off. Saul arose, and the two of them, Samuel and he, went outside. As they were walking toward the end of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to walk ahead of us. And he walked ahead. But you stop here a moment, and I will make known to you the word of Hashem. John six twenty two to forty two. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Yeshua went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone, howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias near unto the place where they did eat bread. After that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Yeshua was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Yeshua. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Yeshua answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give to you. For him has God the Father sealed. Then said they to him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Yeshua answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. They said therefore to him, What signs show you then that we may see and believe you? What do you work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Yeshua said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Yeshua said to them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me 
shall never thirst. But I said to you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Yeshua, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven. Psalm 106, 32-48 They angered him, the Lord, also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit, so that he spoke unadvisedly with his lips. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols, which were a snare to them. Yes, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel, and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto your holy name and to triumph in your praise. Blessed be the God, the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, And let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 14, 34 and 35 Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. 
I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Samuel chapter 8, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 6. And in 1 Samuel chapter 8, we see the unfolding of how the very first king of Israel was selected, and that would be Saul. And Samuel is encouraged by the Lord. He says, hey, don't worry that the people are demanding a king. It is not you who they are rejecting. They are rejecting me. That is what the Lord told Samuel. So now Samuel is off on a mission to look for some missing donkeys. And so then he goes on. And in chapter 8, verse 6, it reads, Samuel was displeased that they said, give us a king to govern us. And Samuel prayed to Hashem. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. While Samuel expressed his displeasure with the people's request, it was not their actual request for a king that troubled him. In fact, the Torah includes a commandment requiring the people to appoint a king in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 15. The problem, Rashi notes, was that they wanted a king like all the other nations. This request ignores the uniqueness of the people of Israel and the unusual type of leader their king should be, a very different model than that followed by all the other nations. Rabbi Shlomo Aviner notes that because of their request, this is exactly the kind of king they receive. King Saul is a righteous individual who is very successful in uniting and organizing the people. But a king of Israel is required to be even more than that. He is meant to lift the people spiritually, to bring them closer to Hashem so that they can serve as a light unto the nations. King Saul is unable to do this. For example, As detailed in chapter 15, he does not completely destroy Amalek and their animals, thereby defying God's will, in order to please the people. By contrast, King David constantly seeks to elevate the nation, even at the expense of his own honor. For example, he dances before the Holy Ark when it was brought to Jerusalem, even though this conduct could be deemed unseemly for a king. Therefore, Saul's kingship is of a temporary nature, while David's dynasty becomes the eternal monarchy of the Jewish people. So, continuing on in looking into chapter 9, Samuel is on a mission, or no, Saul is on a mission now to find his missing donkeys, and Then he hears that there is a man of God, a seer, a prophet. And so they thought, well, let's go see this guy and see if maybe he can help us with our mission to go find these missing donkeys. And so through circumstances, the Lord is ordering Saul's steps. And he is setting things up for what he wants to happen next. So... In chapter 9, verse 13, it is written, As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the shrine to eat. The people will not eat until he comes. For he must first bless the sacrifice, and only then will the guests eat. Go up at once, and you will find him right away. So 
that was their answer to his question, how do I find the seer, the town prophet, the seer? And that was the answer to his, his question. And so the Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows. Rashi notes that since the Mishkan at Shiloh lies in ruins, the people of Israel are allowed to offer sacrifices to Hashem in other places. However, once the Beit Hamikdash, that is the temple, would be established in Jerusalem, no further sacrifices would ever again be permitted in any other location, even after the Beit Hamikdash is destroyed. This law is a reminder of the eternal sanctity of Jerusalem and Har Habayit. The holiness of Har Habayit is everlasting, and one day the third temple will be built there. Okay, now I want us to go into the book of John. And Yeshua makes some very deep proclamations for us to consider and reflect on. And in chapter 6, verse 27, he says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give to you, for him has God the Father sealed. So he's talking about a different kind of meat that lasts for all eternity. And they ask him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? That's a very profound question also, because if we're not careful, what begins to happen, if you've been walking with the Lord for very long at all, is we can fall into a works mode. I'm serving him, I'm working for him, and I'm a servant, but then it becomes almost like slavery, and you're involved in... um, children's ministry or teaching a Bible study or maybe you're on the elders board of your church and you know you're involved with the ladies retreat and and you get involved in all these activities and it's it's like underneath the surface it's like you get into a works mode I'm trying to earn God's favor and it's devoid of relationship. So Yeshua answers with a very deep and profound answer. And he says, in answer to that question, what shall we do that we might work for the works of God? Yeshua in verse 29 answers and says to them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. So the work of God is to believe on Yeshua. He didn't say, join the church choir or go pick up this event for your church and go work that event. He said, believe on him whom he has sent. Believe on Yeshua. That's the work of God. Then it goes on to say in verse 33, For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So when you think about it and you unpack that verse, 
when we consume Yeshua, when we chew on his words, when we spend time with him in the word and with him in prayer and with him in the spirit and with him in our time of worship, that is what feeds our soul. The bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He is our source of life. He goes on to say in verse 35, And Yeshua said to them, I am the bread of life, and he that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. So we are to come to him and partake of him. And whenever we get into the word together, you are, you and I, we are partaking of Yeshua. And we don't want to drift away from him. We don't want to drift into a works mode of trying to work to earn our salvation, to earn the favor of God. Our work is to believe in Yeshua and stay connected to him. He is our bread. He is what fills up our belly, our mind, our soul, our spirit. He is our source of life. And he goes on to say, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So that is another whole profound statement. So often we have an inner battle going on between doing our own will versus doing God's will. And it's only until we yield and we surrender our will and say, Lord, may your will be done in me today. I surrender. I yield. I want your will to be done in my life. I want to do your will. And we have to get to that place because many of us are very strong-willed and we want what we want. Okay, that's all I have for today. Have a blessed day and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.